0: Hey Champions, last week we covered the tone of Welcome to Jaylara. We mentioned that this set will try to clearly define what the 4 affiliations represent and how they interact with each other. Furthermore, we explored why we added the elemental damage types into the game right now even though they aren't super important for the game at this point. The next thing I want to talk about is a topic that's very dear to my heart. And that's how we tested the set of welcome to jlr and how we implemented the future league so before we jump into all of that i have to talk about patreon making a ccg and having the time to create these blogs and podcasts creating new communities coming out for these events at the stores all of this isn't an easy thing to do but i have to say thank you to all my patrons because you have made this process a little less stressful and a little bit easier for me to keep on moving forward. Your continued contribution has shown me so much support over the time. So, if you wanna help keep this project thriving and get some rewards in the process, join our Patreon. For $20 a month, you get the promo of the month, a premium promo, and two booster packs. We also attach a newsletter where we are which talks about where we are at as a company and we also get you exclusive deals for upcoming projects speaking of which i have partnered with dan the dice guy who you may have seen at other conventions with me and we're going to start a kickstarter for a spin down d30 so this will be an awesome collaboration dan is hosting most of it but these dice will be so great for genesis it would be great for any champion you play with, including Malik who has the most amount of health, but if you're playing anyone like Malik, Idris, Long, or Fong who have more than 20 health, you know that the struggle is there, you can't find a dice that gets you to the right number, and if you're using the randomized D30 from D&D, it's so hard trying to find particular numbers on that dice. So that's what this Kickstarter is going to be about. It's going to give you a dice that spins down so all the numbers are connected right beside each other. and it's going to be absolutely awesome the kickstarter goes live on the 26th and more details will start coming out as we're getting closer and closer to that date however if you are a patreon subscriber for genesis and you back the kickstarter we will give you an additional reward at the time you receive your dice so we're polling all our patrons right now to ask them what they want as a reward so if you want to be part of that conversation and make sure you get all your awesome stuff make sure you join our patreon as soon as possible alright so let's get back into testing as many of you probably know I used to be a software tester before I launched Genesis my actual title was quality assurance engineer I worked for a lot of companies from really big ones like Blackberry in its heyday to really small 20 or fewer employees uh, size companies so, true startups. I've done everything from digital games to mobile apps to healthcare and even banking sites. I've had the chance to build QA teams from scratch and also learned from some of the best testers in the industry. I'm also certified in many different fields of testing. So, I loved everything about testing, the full spectrum of it. My philosophy behind testing was always that quality people make quality products and this is something that we're trying to bring forward in genesis so when it came to making genesis i definitely had some experience coming into it however software testing or the digital testing and analog testing have quite a few discrepancies there are a lot of tools you can't use going from one platform to another so you can't build traditional automation to test an analog system but a lot of the same principles and philosophy still apply. So let's talk about the four different layers of testing we apply to Genesis, and how we apply them, and what more we want to add to them. Layer 1 Exploratory Testing This type of testing lives somewhere between ad hoc testing and scripted testing. Ad hoc testing is when you don't have a plan at all and you just randomly come in, smashing buttons trying to break the system. This is what many people think of when they think of software testers scripted testing on the other hand is where you have a checklist of things that are very explicit of what you want the input to be and what you want the output to be and you test them one at a time making sure that they resolve themselves this is usually what you expect to do when you're doing any offshore testing but exploratory testing lives somewhere between these two realms they're not too far towards ad hoc and not too far towards uh, scripted, but somewhere in between. So, exploratory testing is where you have a list of things you want to test, but as the testing goes on and you realize there's some, there might be something else you want to test, you pivot and you start testing that new thing. So to show you how this works, let's do a thought experiment of how we did exploratory testing for a card like Rapier's Precision. First, take it in and embrace how powerful this card is. For you to realize that we need to do testing, you have to know we spend most of our time on the cards that really stand out to us as potentially broken cards. So for the rest of the game, as long as you have Rapier's Precision for an additional three energy, all your attacks can increase by dealing one additional damage there are some limitations to this card it's true it doesn't work for cast abilities so cards like tsunami are out of the question but it does work for amazing cards like bolt shot and even on a smaller scale cards like left hook and quick shot can also seize great strength from this for those smaller cards you're essentially doubling the strength of the card so you can tell just from reading it through that this card probably needed quite a bit of testing. The way we started testing this is by doing the what if testing approach. This is one of many exploratory testing approaches that we could have used, but this was the one that I felt was the best for Rapier's Precision. So we would start the game with one person playing a legal Rapier's Precision deck to the strongest that they could make it, and the other person playing with their strongest competitive deck of any type. That way. We still have a baseline to test against and we know how strong or how weak rapier's precision would be. Then the person testing rapier's precision has a series of questions that they're looking for the answers for. Questions like, what if I had an opening hand of three rapier's precisions? What if it was two rapier's precisions and three bolt shots? Do I need one rapier's precision and a bunch of left hooks? What is the ideal opening hand for this card? Then, instead of randomizing the opening hand, we just start with one of those opening hands. Then each turn, as the game goes on, they ask the question, what do I need right now to be at my full potential? What if I drew card X or card Y? What if I drew another rapier's position or bullchop? Well, any of these things help me in making my current situation, the uh, giving me the best of the best at the current situation. The thing we're really trying to test here is under the ideal circumstance how strong can this card cap out to be with rapier's precision we tested it thoroughly and found in its best situation it is strong it is really strong and it will help you win quite a few games but it's not unbeatable and that's the most important part because for a card to be broken it can, must be unbeatable so rapier's Precision isn't and then it passed that level of testing so we have other things to do in exploratory testing but the what if one is definitely one of our strongest tools in our repository sanity testing so that's the second layer in sanity testing we're trying to expose the limits of the cards both sanity and smoke testing are scripted testings aesthetic testing processes and we have a checklist of questions we ask for each of them I'll get into what smoke testing is in a little bit. Sanity tests are usually more open-ended questions like what if we ran the max number of these cards? Does this card have a place in the set? Is this card an open mechanic or a closed mechanic? All those different open-ended questions that can be debated and could be brought forward to the community and if we all have the same answer to that question then we leave it alone. We know what the answer is and we're pretty confident in it. But if even one of us differs in their answer to that question, then we got to start doing some exploration to figure out why that's different. So when we start to test that one of those questions, we test that question and that questions alone, we don't try to deviate into other categories. We'll make note and then come back to this other categories later, but that's not the focus of the test. So for example, uh, we asked ourselves what would happen if you built a timeline of 50 Lulu Kokore, this was one card that we definitely split on is this card too strong or too weak so I was in the camp that this card was too strong and I thought that the ideal deck you can make with it was using Idris as your champion because she has good aura and she has an ability that can drive you towards victory even while the pressure of Lulu's are being dropped onto the field so after a lot of testing and playing this card against many decks we found we had to increase its aura but besides that, it worked out pretty well. So originally the card cost five aura to, uh, to beckon and then we raised it to 10. And once we did that, we saw that the deck couldn't win as often. It ran out of momentum eventually. Especially against champions with a lot more health or a healing champion like Long. Once a card goes through both the exploratory testing and sanity testing, we go into the smoke testing. And this is just our opportunity to find any last fires. I know this podcast is getting a little longer than my normal ones. Just bear with me because I really want to finish this topic. I don't want to split it into two separate podcasts. Because at that point, you're sacrificing the quality of the content for the cast so let's get into smoke testing smoke testing like sanity testing is a series of checklists but these are very explicit checklists that you need to do they're not open end questions they're usually yes no questions or just a double checking uh type of question so these are so an example of this would be like a card like andotheria uh something that we know we're traditionally really terrible at is making sure that the possessive s comes in the cards ability text so when you're doing an attack ability it says it deals damage with to a target in andotheria's awareness that possessive s is something we forget very often so we just have a checklist item this goes into our smoke test and we make sure we're double checking this on a regular basis the last layer the fourth layer is sandbox testing and we call this the future league So one thing that I really appreciate in software testing is having the opportunity to get the end user to go in and test the software before we release it. I thought a lot about how to do this for Genesis, and then I remembered a lot of other games already do something similar to this. So I wanted to adapt their process, because this seems like this is industry best standard practices, so adapt it and bring it into our process. But eventually i want to change it a little bit so it becomes unique to what we need for our situation but the general idea here is having people play with the full set of cards on a regular basis to see how the cards feel when they're in a competitive or casual format of play the reason why something like a sandbox test is so important is that as developers we get tunnel vision over our cards We start seeing the cards in such a similar way that doesn't make sense for us to have someone else think that can be interpreted in a different way. This is a very common problem for developers, designers, and even testers to have. If you are too close to the problem, you can't see it in a clear, non-biased way. This isn't just for software. This isn't just our problem. This is the very reason why doctors don't even become the primary care physicians for their own family. They become too biased, too tunnel vision, that they can't really see the real picture. You would think that someone who's really close to a problem and has all the detail might be able to see the situation better, but more often than not, it's a clear set of eyes. You don't have the same assumptions coming in when you're a brand new set of eyes looking at the problem. So we always try to bring in a new set of eyes on a regular basis to double check our card list. Normally, we have a group in Brantford who does our testing for us But near the end of welcome to JLR when we're just wrapping everything up We actually were reached out to a group of players in Brampton to double-check the set And this was great because they caught things that no one else saw previous to them All of this is to say the more eyes you have on your product before you launch the better with that in mind if you are interested in testing any of our future sets with us and you're interested in joining the future league leave us a comment below and we will reach out to you and try setting up a future league community near you i want to give you an example of something great that the future league team pointed out to us we got a new card in the set called tattered remains at first this card didn't seem too impressive it was interesting it fit into the set it was was, good amount of flavor but one thing I started to notice was that a lot of our future leaguers were using this card and I didn't know why so I had to observe them and see their usage and play style with the card and after seeing them use it so many times we actually had to reevaluate it and we thought though the cost seemed fine if it within our formula we had to bump this card from common to an uncommon because of the complexity and the strength of the card. More often than not, rarity is not based off the strength of card. It's based off the two factors. Complexity of the card and how difficult this is on a flavor perspective. Like how uncommon is it to see this ability done in the world of Jaylara? But this card, because of its complexity, because of its depth of nature, we had to move it from a common to an uncommon. Alright. I hate to rush the closings of these uh, podcasts, but that's all I have for this topic so far. If you want me to do a deep dive on any of those layers, and talk about anything like the Future League and how it applies more and more to the game and what we want to do with it in the future, then leave a comment below. Let me know you like this content and that you want to see more of it. In the meanwhile, that's all for now, and I hope to be talking to you soon. Bye.